Graham Roundtree has been announced as uh, the new coach of Munster Rugby. That was such a big momentum changer for me. The Red 78 with Alan Quillen and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. It is 8.56, you're with us here on OTBAM. It's brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Joe Conroy on the line. Joe, how are you getting on? Morning, Al. Morning, Johnny. All good? You are uh, waltzing into our life with the beauty that is McCarthy's Park. I haven't seen this thing in a few years. Have you seen this, Johnny? I haven't. You haven't. You're missing out. Tell him why he's missing out, Joseph. You're in for a treat, Johnny. Um, we're kind of completing the transition this morning from sort of high-level elite European football to speculation about the next Hibs job to McCarty's Park, the park that McCarty built back in 1999. Basically what we're looking at here, Johnny, is a nice tight one hour available on YouTube. Nick McCarty's first Irish campaign or failed attempts to get to France 98. If that doesn't whet the appetite, I don't know what will, but um, here's just kind of a taste of the type of fair on offer. Just a bit of context for a quick clip here. Ireland have kind of had a bit of a yo-yo, kind of typical, a lot of peaks and troughs in this campaign. We eventually get to this crucial... Um, Iceland, Lithuania six point swing Ireland go get the six points and this is from the documentary just the scenes on the pitch after the Lithuania crucial away win what's he what's he saying there again it's is it uh, some someone in Giles like uh, he's asking immediately in, in the aftermath Beglin and Giles sorry yes uh, who's in studio they'd obviously been uh, throwing him under the bus quite a bit in the build up to that game yeah, well, there's kind of a theme throughout this uh, documentary. It's kind of it's kind of at war with the media. There's kind of a war for the soul of the future of Irish football. Um, it's kind of it's it's actually amazing watching it. Kind of given all the chats we've been having, and sort of especially kind of being plugged into the uh, Republic of Ireland news cycle for the last two odd years, where ironically mix come back into the frame. But um, it's just incredible. But the kind of if you want to put in a bit of context, we're talking about kind of 96 to 99, which is sort of the same period of time that Father Ted was airing. So that's kind of the Ireland we're living in here. Um, also, we kind of got the last embers of the Jack Charlton era and kind of the 2002 crop starting to come in. So you're blooding players like Kenny and Kilban. They're going to come into things. You've got Che Given comes in through the campaign. Um, you've also got a man who I'm not sure... We speak about it enough. Um, we've got a young Roy Keane as well. Um, <laughs> I got one more clip just on the kind of theme of kind of sort of a bit of background on that kind of outpouring of relief you see on the pitch there. Uh, this is previously at the start of the campaign. Uh, crucial home tie against Iceland in Lansdowne Road. Doesn't go well. Ends in a bit of a farcical nil-all draw. This is before Iceland became kind of a European footballing utopian powerhouse. Um We've also, we've got a certain Roy Keane coming back into the Irish setup. Uh, just before this, he had showed up or been available for four out of the previous 20 or 22 games. And uh, he came back into Dublin and it's fair to say there was a, an air of controversy hanging around his return to Mick McCarty's Ireland team. Roy Keane returns to the Irish squad for the home game with Iceland. Keane's commitment to the cause has been questioned. One newspaper has called for him to be booed at Lansdowne Road. There was a couple of articles that actually encouraged fans to come along 
and, and vent their anger or show what they actually feel for Roy. Now, whatever they feel for him, what I would say is something that's bigger than that is the rest of us in here. That's the important thing. The, the team and the team doing well. And from the start of the game, when they, when they booed Roy, the atmosphere was very, very poor. I don't think we enjoyed the support on the day that we've enjoyed in the past. At one incident there was, there was a bit of a cheer and it was almost like they'd let the supporters in. I guess one or two supporters could say if we had a shot on goal it was almost like they'd let a team in. <laughs> it's going to be a good documentary. Isn't it mad, like, um, just at the start there, um, that they're so worried about the media? And it was the same with Jack Charlton and Dunphy throwing the pen and all that. Like, you see, you've, you've Dunphy, Brady, and Giles, who effectively, like, you know, two, two, two of the best footballers ever played for Ireland. Dunphy, who's like a very, you know, intelligent analyst. Like, but these guys didn't make it as coaches, and the nation was hanging its hat on what they said. Like, as opposed to watch the game and make your own mind up. And even Mick coming off the pitch after a big win is worried about the media. Do, do you not That's think, Ireland, like? Yeah. Well, I was just about to say I, I um it very much feels like a point that is still relevant and well look at the Sunday game for example the Sunday game will show two minutes of Gaelic football and 27 minutes of analysis by three like how about like show me the game and let me make my own mind up we, we love the pantomime often we love like the it's not just an Irish thing though really I mean we just it's certainly about Sky Sports and that they're uh, not that it's a pantomime I think people will hang on every word that are people are people that are in studio but when you talk about the um importance of the voices that would have been critical of the Irish team. I think that you could point towards recent managements mm. and say the exact same thing. I'm I'm not sure did, did Stephen Kenny and Keith Andrews re read everything about them or did they care? But certainly Roy Keane cared about what Keith Andrews was saying about him uh, quite famously and would have called him uh, one of the biggest spoofers ever uh, as a result of possibly his uh, analysis during his tenure. There's another... There's like... It, it is that was true. Kind of you can see it does seem to kind of hit home. Like there's a kind of bit at the end where it's sort of like this kind of pointed, candidly talking to Mick, um, kind of towards the end of the campaign, and he says he was at some, um, he was at a function, and uh, Johnny Jaws was there, and he does a kind of, and I saw him, I went over to him, and I think, I think Johnny was getting some awards, like, and I shook his hand, and I said, well done, John, and you know, I know, he's got a job to do, I've got a job to do. <laughs> but just going back to that clip there, so you've got Keane coming back, getting booed by Irish fans, he goes on to kind of begrudgingly, almost like, Passive aggressively have an absolute stormer win man the match in our nil all, our disastrous nil all home draw against Minnow's Iceland. Uh, Mick gets into it with some journalists at the press conference, comes back to the changing room. John Aldridge has been an unused sub. I think he's 38 at the time. Uh, Mick comes back after his tetuous media engagements. Aldo comes over and says, Look, Mick, I'm done. This is a joke. Good luck to you. Uh, I don't know if you actually said this is a joke, but he says, Look, I'm not coming over. I should have been used there when we are chasing the game. Good luck to you. Could you imagine the OTBAM the morning after? Roy Keane's been booed by Irish fans. One man the match. There's been a fractious press conference and all those walked away. Like, it's just great stuff. It's kind of stuff that you kind of forget about and it's kind of, obviously we know Mick now as kind of the established guy and the guy who maybe, like, was there before the Kenny revolution came in. But um, he's he's kind of in a similar situation at the time where Obviously, the disastrous and iconic uh, loss to Macedonia as part of this campaign as well. And after that, it really kicks off from a Mick perspective. There's senior players who come to him. They have a bit of a, you know, 
we've kind of been thinking about things and, you know, Jack used to do this, Jack used to do that. And Mick says, yeah, I know, I was there. I was, he kind of says himself, he would have been one of Jack's kind of main foot soldiers and sort of um, one of uh, his main backers. And he goes, yeah, well, it's like, look, lads, Jack's gone. We're doing it my way now. It's kind of it's, it's interesting. It is mad that we even just kind of culturally just even all these trips, like the go, going off to Iceland, going off to Lithuania, going off to uh, Romania. Um, it all just looks so different. Like it's kind of back then when sort of your property sort of in that transitional period after it's been a lot of change in a lot of those countries. Uh, you've got this one amazing scene where they eventually get the Belgium playoff. They play Belgium in Lansdowne, draw one one all. It's kind of a bit of a disappointing result because they've given Belgium the away goal. Um, and there's this bit where they're kind of it's Mick and the team during the kind of a it looks like a hotel room or a kind of hotel conference room uh, and we say the team means coaching staff and they're kind of going through they're looking at the Belgian goal and it's like oh Shay can't do anything about that but you know could Hardy have been on him yeah oh. then they're kind of going through and like oh yeah it's really important that people don't realise you really have to watch the game like you can't take it all in on the sideline and the camera just zooms out and they're sitting there with little like tulip glasses of beer and peanuts in front of them so it kind of gives you an idea to sort of like a window into another time and just sort of a reminder of how, how, how much has changed so quickly. Yeah. Were you going to games around this time? I went to the odd game, yeah. I went to, I remember going to the Iran um, game, the, the the first uh, leg of the playoff. Didn't, uh, I remember an Iranian guy asked me outside, are you going to Tehran? And just the, the, the notion of that. But like, uh, we didn't... Um, like the the hysteria around the Jack Charlton era, like I was a kid growing up in that, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. But like in terms of how we coach kids and how we developed as a football nation, like we didn't kick on at all. Like we've we've had like the Jack Charlton era into like all these years of Ireland being basically a big underachiever, exporting all our players, not having a proper national league, not having technical players of quality. Such that now you've Stephen Kenny taking over who's like, We have to break from this. Like we, we have to break from the stereotype of us being this typical British nation that doesn't play good football and you know Mick inherited um, from a obviously from like the Jack Charlton era was legendary but we didn't coach our players properly from there on and we we have a situation now where we're we're basically trying to reimagine what we are as a football nation do you remember the night King gets booed? I do, yeah. It kind of brings it back. Like, I think it's going to be a brilliant documentary. I mean, I was, a lot of people listening this morning will have been, like, you know, probably kids. It's, or it's t- out. I mean, it's on. It's, yeah. it's been out for years. The, oh. The, the doc. Yeah, we're just, we're just talking about it because. Oh, okay. Because why not? Well, then, then obviously, there's a lot of documentaries on YouTube, but, like, a lot of us would have been um, teenagers around that time. And, the, I mean, the Keen thing, I mean. <sighs> How could you even make it up? Like, you know, of all the problems in the world, a fella leaving a squad, like, uh, about a football game, and everyone was talking about it. And I, if you ever got a poll on a on a national issue that was 50-50, that was it. Yeah. Amazing times. Uh, well, it seems that it might have been mostly against Roy Keane for the, for the Iceland uh, situation, whereas obviously a few years later, that might have, uh, the, that, the balance might have tipped back more towards 50-50. It's out in 98, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, is it this documentary? Yeah, it was. It came out in 99, so it would have been kind of okay. of the time, kind of, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been kind of around the Christmassy type, looking back at us, not qualifying for that brilliant World Cup. Uh, watching it as well, it's kind of, there, there are just all these little amazing nuggets, but it does make me wonder, you know, what content have we been robbed of over the years? You know, mm. where's Staunton's Park? Where's Trapatoni's Park? Where's O'Neill's Park? <laughs> where's Mick's, uh, Mick's Second Park? Where's Kenny's Park? 
but um, we've got voice notes on WhatsApp now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird. Like with documentaries, because everything's on. You know, you can basically get everything on online now. But like, you see the Navalny documentary the other night, and you're like, "Holy crap!" The power of a good documentary that can completely change your day when you watch something like that. But obviously, it's nothing compared to this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> This is this is far more important, uh, far more important journalism. Like, uh, like the there's also probably the sense that maybe if Mick McCarthy watches back, he'd be like, "How did this stuff make the cut?" Whereas to kind of counter your point there, I I wonder if you know we're going to get to a stage where uh, there's going to be so many Netflix versions of behind the scenes in sport that actually there's a level of control about that as well. Yeah, well, I was I was only thinking of this, I, and Joe is probably too young for this, but like the the the, the documentary around Galway's 1998 All Ireland win, done year by to Sunday. Comer, who's basically one of the, I think he was like maybe second or third choice keeper, but like under behind McNamara, absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. and I was a kid uh, in '98 going to the games, and like the the way that took over Galway as a county, like I'll never ever experience anything like that. But that documentary was insanely good, like, and it was so ahead of its time. And you've you can imagine John O'Mahony who's like coming in he's brought Leitrim to win a Connacht title and whatever he wants to do what he wants to do with Mayo um, but he takes over Galway and you can imagine in 1998 like Comer saying I wouldn't mind filming some of this would that be okay and saying yeah yeah sure that'll be grand and it's one of like, the best things you'll ever watch even yeah. as a Galway person um, What else from McCarty's Park caught the eye what is it 24 years later <laughs> Is this it's out cheap. by the way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be out soon Joe it is, yeah. Keep keep an eye keep an eye out. It's dropping any day now. Um, just a couple of things like on that kind of how much how much filtered or unfiltered is it? Like there's they couldn't get into the dressing room or they're, they're not in the dressing room, but there is a bit where Mick gives him a tour of the absolutely horrible old Lansdowne Road dressing rooms, which are like it's actually it's amazing how bad they are. But um, it's worth it's, it's again these are all these little things that like, will be kind of lost on time if they weren't up there in this uh, random YouTube documentary. There's another thing as well, uh, one of the big kind of, as part of that kind of rebirth narrative, uh, he's kind of cut, he's kind of McGrath had been frozen out of the setup. Um, it's kind of interesting because you can tell it's kind of dealt in a way that Mick kind of addresses it, but addresses it quite guardedly, where looking back now, if you read the um, the book that uh, McGrath did with Vincent Hogan, I, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember that was kind of a particularly kind of chaotic period that would have coincided with this documentary. So it's interesting you can see those limitations, but I just got one last um, tip from it. Like, we're a bit kind of cursed that anything that's filmed with like a single camera and a person narrating to you about their job feels a little bit officey. Like, it's not officey in the to the point that actually Mick comes out of it very well. Very kind of no matter how dark it gets, he kind of has this wry kind of gallows humor. But um, here's just a taste, kind of give you an idea of that theme of transition I've been speaking about. Um, he's on the motorway checking out a hot prospect who's um going to make a future impact on Irish football. This this motorway gets well used anyway. I'm not so bad actually because I've got, within London, there's a lot of clubs I can watch all the players at. They all come to London at some stage. I do get around the country, I do quite a bit of miles. A 240 mile round trip takes McCarthy to the Hawthorns in West Bromwich, Birmingham. A young player, Kevin Kilbane, makes the long journey worthwhile. I get asked constantly about them. And I guess they've all got to keep playing well for the clubs. The lads who have done it for me here, I tried and tested and, and done it. Now, if, if I get injuries somewhere along the way, people will be brought in. So 
if we do have injuries, please God that we're in France, I'll be looking at them all. Anybody who's performing well for the club and think they could handle it. It's, isn't it beautiful like as we get older that Steve McLaren isn't that image and who's recently been linked with potentially uh, getting back involved in the Man United setup? you know Mick is still managing and Joe that is obviously like that that brings me to that like was the last series of the office where um, he's doing his tour and um, does Christmas it, party episode was the Christmas yeah where like they, they, there's that footage of him basically eating in some lay-by like late at night and it is the most quintessential life on the road crap like and how grim it is um, and there was Mick going to the Midlands I don't think David Brent ever had a get up like that he looked like Sean Connery's James Bond in the <laughs> white suit oh, like, who it's was, amazing like, someone, someone's <laughs> left in just before the ads the little insets and it's sponsored by Pennies and I think the FAI had some sort of commercial deal with Pennies they at the did time, they did I remember that now yeah you get a few shots of like Mick uh, in this it's like everything is kind of on the road and there's one bit that's kind of like a more of a stylized thing. it's obviously we'll do the big interview with Mick for the documentary and he's there and it's like denim shirt with his matching denim jeans and his kind of what, what you'd probably call like a sports jacket uh, looking the part we, but um, you said Steve McLaren was in that shot as well just in front of Mick McCarthy at the Hawthorns like is he at Manchester United at this point is he scouting somebody for Manchester is he scouting Kevin Kilvan for Manchester United potentially well, Kevin Kilbane, sorry. Kilbane. Yeah, the the yes. Kilbane of so our old. life. So I didn't even know Kilbane was Kilbane yet. This is, this is the qualification campaign for 2000 or 98? Uh, 98. 98. Probably a bit before he goes to United. I think that gives it a bit of. Um, it kind of gives an extra angle documentary for me because if you think of what could have been, like we were. We controversially lose that Belgian playoff, and I've left out the Belgian stuff and I've left out some great stuff like. I'm chatting to Nick's dad and his wife uh, just because if you actually do bother to go and read this out think of how think of how good these little nuggets we have there's even better stuff in it so uh, that's kind of my pitch to it but yeah imagine if Ireland had been at France 98 it's a bit of a side and moment as well we kind of controversial there's a controversial throw-in that leads to the goal against Belgium that gets us knocked out so mm. you get kind of great footage of the um, heartbreak after that and kind of Nick channeling through this sort of defiant kind of proud of players then he starts getting emotional then he gets angry then he's talking about how he knows that especially you've you've got more of the young guys coming through by that point at the end of the campaign he kind of spoke, speaks about getting to the dressing room first but then kind of having this moment where he kind of goes right you need to pull yourself together and kind of be the leader here but um, yeah it's just it's a great little artifact floating out there on the interwebs for your perusal it's one of the most heartbreaking feelings to consider all the tournaments and all the memories that would have happened had Ireland been there. Like, I mean, we saw the Irish fans in France in 2016. Imagine what France 98 would have been like with, with the, the Irish fans there. I think Netherlands, Mexico, South Korea was Belgium's group in that as well. You might have given Ireland a bit of a chance of sneaking out of it or, or causing a bit of an upset. Just one, one, one last thing, Joe, before we let you go. Obviously, we saw those West Brom kits there. Absolutely gorgeous. Your favourite Ireland jersey from around that era as uh, OTB's resident style expert? Uh, it's got to be gotta be the orange Macedonian number like all kind of and like there's in we actually we wrote a piece on the side about this a couple of years ago and it's kind of actually later on I found these old um, letters to the Irish Times kind of giving out about that jersey so we're talking about 96 there so kind of two years before the Good Friday Agreement where like things were obviously a, a lot more probably politically charged than they are now but um, so the orange jersey between the results and everything else kind of got shelved but um, it's good to see it back now uh, hopefully it'll be staying in the rotation but yeah uh, as a sidebar 
just every, all the gear, all the training gear, every sweatshirt Mick has. This is like prime 90s Umbro when they would have been kind of Ireland, England, United, Celtic, and just everything. It's all the stuff that's kind of coming back now. It's like, uh, if you're on kind of style watch, uh, this is again another another beautiful little nugget to check out. Doc Martens as well. They were they were the thing when I was like, I remember when I was in national school, Doc Martens were the thing. And here we are like 25 years later and they are again. Are they back? They are, yeah. Oh, Doc oh. Martens, absolutely, yeah. Back have you not been around? I haven't a clue. I mean, just talk to me about clothes and you lose me straight away, unfortunately. I wish. I lost I wish. you. I wish I need a, a pennies uh, agreement like McCarthy <laughs> and get a white suit or something <laughs> that will be sorted by half nine uh, Joe good stuff thanks a million cheers uh, it's McCarthy's Park you can get it online if you want to watch it if you haven't seen it if you have seen it it's absolutely worth rewatching. I think I might go rewatch it did you watch the Navalny documentary no but I've heard absolutely exceptional oh, things man like I mean yeah like the the power of a documentary to um, and like I obviously I didn't know this was actually out for 25 years or, or so now but um yeah, even yeah, it just it just it just gets you and like um I think Mick has a great humility about him as well. Like he's you know, he's been managing for basically since since then up till now, with like a six month break maybe in between at most and even we had Jack Byrne on and we met him afterwards and he was like nothing but good things to say about him. He just I think you survive as a coach because players like have a have a good time for you as well. They respect you and like you know, coaching may change and football may change, but humility goes a long way, I think. For sure.